What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. What's up, Greg? Welcome back. Yeah, hey, how y'all doing, man? I'm glad to be back. Fuck, right. it's uh, a lot has changed since uh, we last spoke. I saw what you've been up to. You're going to get into it. It's amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, I guess uh, when we talk about like the ayahuasca and theogen church stuff, you know, I guess when I when I first came on the show, I kind of had just really been dipping my feet into uh, you know the space, but. Um, since then, I'm 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 over. I'm, I'll say over my head in a bad way, but like I'm all the way in the deep now. <laughs> um, you know, so but it's it's good. I'm I'm glad to be there. Sweet. You're even rocking the the Intheo Connect the logo on your uh, your pendant yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, man. I um. It's all it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I had a, I just got this new one right here, but um. Yeah, man. I I love it. I'm actually considering getting my first tattoo. Um, getting this, the left and the right, on uh, on my my front shoulders up here. So maybe next time I come on, I'll wear another tank top and I'll have even more uh, logo design to show y'all. Representing. So uh, um, it's like a, it's like a uh, what's it called? What did I say it was? I always say the eye of Ra, but it's the eye of some uh, eye of Horus or something. Yeah. Like. So the eyes of Horus would be the left and right eye. Um, this one is, uh, this is the Eye of Ra. Mm. Um, but the other one is the Eye of uh, Thoth, I want to say. Cool. Yeah, Thoth. I think so. But together, yeah. they are the Eyes of Horus. That's from it. From my understanding of it, and I could be wrong, but from the what I looked at, that's what they say. Did you choose it because of the pineal gland imagery and like the... Well, that kind of started my fascination with it, um... And then, you know, I, I will that. say that I, I have seen this symbol in other realms multiple times. Mm. Um, and so that probably has something to also do uh, subconsciously with my fascination with it. Um, and then, you know, it's like the Egyptians, I mean, look at everything they built, dude. And mm. look at their iconography. It transcends time, you know. And so if there's a symbol or some symbolism that I want to pick up and run with and represent, man, that's... Hell yeah. That's that's it, you know. Mm. It's funny you said that because I've seen those eyes too, and mainly in DMT, it's like uh, mm. in that space. It's kind of uh, Terrence McKenna would say it's like the chrysanthemum when you first take the third. Well, the by the third hit, you break through the kaleidoscope, mm. whatever yeah. he talks about. Is I would see those eyes like mapped out yeah. all over that place. Oh, yeah, usually cool. in Technicolor, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow in like a in like these weird three D, like you know yeah. when you know when something looks two D and then you move and it's actually like. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like life becomes like those, a pop-up like book. Those 3D pictures online, like oh and, yeah, and yeah. Don't get me wrong; some of those things are pointless. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you turn it and it's just like kind of, kind of like a, a hazy. You know, you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> I always do them wrong. I just cross my eyes, 
like you're supposed to you're supposed to look through it you're supposed to like look above it sort of and and get like that that fake focus and then it pops out yeah. but if you just oh, kind of okay. cross your eyes you can kind of make it inversed so you can kind of see the image but not really like it's uh, it's like a, it's I, off topic but i have a question if you wear like the 3d glasses will you see it automatically no, I think that's a different thing. It's that's a different thing. The, the, with the 3D glass, like the old ones, the yeah. red and blue, yeah. it's just two images like side by side that's and then it. it blocks one and blocks the other so it creates so this like gonna, fake uh, It's not going to do anything. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so. Let's try it. <laughs> okay, anyway, we're off topic now, but uh, it's funny <laughs> that you bring up the... like. I, I, you guys talking now, I just realized that I've seen the eyes as well. I was like thinking, not me, not me, when you guys were saying it, but then I just kind of remembered this one time. I mean, the one time I did ayahuasca so far, and I and I remember holding my breath. I was doing these retentions and these locks. It was kind of like these yogic techniques, and I just I closed my eyes and I could see inside me and the 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 air I was holding in, just like these eyes just opened, and I had some weird, beyond words epiphany of. I'm creating life because I'm just taking from the whole and separating it. It's it's that simple. Mm. And now this thing has like a, a consciousness because it's just like it, it's individual, individualized, you know, like inside of me. And that's the point almost is like I'm holding it in. And I don't. I, I. It's hard to make sense of it now, but I literally saw those eyes, like that kind of. I don't know. I want to say like mascara, <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah, thick edges. Yeah. Well, and they say the, you know the eyes the window to the soul. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of meetings to the eye, you know, that I, I jive with all of it. So, I, you know, when I was doing the symbol or coming up with the, you know, idea for our logo, um, I definitely wanted to incorporate it. And so, you know, on the, on the O on the Entheo, hmm. uh, is this eye. I feel like it's going to speak to so many yeah. people who are going to use that platform also. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like perfect. Well, let's, let's get into what exactly it is because, um, for everyone who's just tuning in for the first time meeting you, like I recommend going back and listening to the first one. It was phenomenal. But um, ever since then, you've started this company. And I actually wanted not, I actually stayed away from looking too deep into it till we spoke because I'm curious myself and I really want to learn it from you from the, from the horse's mouth. So you can share what you're doing. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of relate it back to the timeline since we spoke last. So because like telling the story of kind of what I've done since then. Uh, we'll probably, you know, bring it in total. That way you can understand it better. So, like, the last time we spoke, I think I had just started doing the, like, church consulting. Um, mm-hmm. I might have done, like, one or two. Well, I'm on number, like, 15 now, wow. 15, 16, and I'm, it, it's just, it's getting crazy, man. I'm getting people calling. Really? Y'all there? Oh, did we freeze? You see us? Okay, we're back. Yeah, I see you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see y'all now. <laughs> so, yeah, so it just kind of started to pick up. And so I ended up actually not too long after we spoke last um, going to a few sacred ceremonies um, and kind of getting directly involved with the space. But, um, yeah, so then I just started helping all these people in, in the industry and started making lots of contacts um, and, and, you know, not just people running churches, but contacts all, all around the industry. I say industry or space. Um, and so, you know, one thing I realized is that there's a lot of people out here that are being called to the medicine, uh, but they are not getting to the medicine because they believe that either you've got to fly to Peru or Costa Rica or, you know, to Soul Quest, you know, to you know, partake in ayahuasca or other entheogenic medicines, you know, legally protected. 
Um, and so that's kind of where the basis of the website started. I wanted to get a, a, a collection of the good retreats that I know of from working uh, in the space in the U.S., but also I think there's a few in Canada. It's, it's going to be worldwide, but, you know, to start out, you know, we're specifically going to be focused on the U.S. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just wanting a safe place where people can be a member of the website, connect to those places, um, connect to other services that are involved, so like integration, um, breath work, um, just the whole list of spiritual services that kind of run ancillary to these retreats and ceremonies. Uh, combo practitioners, things like that. I'm also going to have listings for them. And then the first phase is also going to include a forum. So people will be able to like create a profile on it. Uh, there will be threads started on the, on the forum. Um, there will be a review section for the retreats and other people listing their services. Um, and so, yeah, I just envision it as this big community. Now, the second phase past that, we're going to incorporate a marketplace where people can sell their wares, arts, goods. Um, we're probably going to let truly indigenous people um, list for free on there and sell their stuff for free. Nice. Just kind of a way to give back. But, you know, the overall goal of this or a lot of it is going to be to give back to the indigenous cultures. And so to that end, I've already been working uh, with some people in Peru and Brazil um, trying to find like some tribes and stuff to broker deals to have them come up and do a tour. Uh, and then also, you know, send some energy exchange back down that way to help them develop their village and, and stuff like that. So that's already in the works. So once we get to a certain level where we get our upfront expenses covered and stuff to the website, like we're going to start earmarking uh, a certain amount of the net proceeds to just go back. Uh, and we're also going to be trying to include people from underprivileged communities, underserved communities. Uh, we're going to try to uh, uh, subsidize retreats and ceremonies wow. for them, too, which would probably be us working with the retreat centers um, and then some other donors, uh, you know, to, to make that happen for some of those people as well. Um, so, yeah, Ayahuasca that's scholarship. Right <laughs> that's amazing. That's a lot, yeah. dude. That's <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's. Yeah. I think that's the missing link for a lot of people is something like what you're creating, you know. Even I can track back to my first journey trying to find ayahuasca and I was planning to Peru and I was like calculating it's like four grand with the plane tickets to get back and forth. Um, the retreat was like 1500 US, so for the Canadian exchange it was a lot. And then I was, that was a big factor in terms of my decision to go. And eventually I luckily found something super close to home, which was like ridiculously cheaper and... Thankfully, I found that place, and now they're actually becoming a church. I'm not going to uh, announce it for them, but uh, exciting news coming out around here for us. We, we're going to have one of those churches, but just having that and then what you're trying to create where you can connect people and eventually even sponsor people or pay for them if they can't afford it, that's so big for the medicine and for the people because, like you said, the money shouldn't be the, the determining factor for you to experience ayahuasca, mm -hmm. you know, if it could truly help. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of see both sides of the coin. It, it is fairly expensive to operate these retreats and administer these ceremonies and get everything set up, get healers to come in. So I get it, you know, people charge, and, and it kind of ranges in the U.S., but usually anywhere from like 200 to maybe four or 500 a cup. Mm. Um, but, you know, obviously people have different levels of operation going, so that kind of is reflected in the price. But, you know, at the same time, 
Um, like you say, money shouldn't be a barrier, but I do believe also in an energy exchange needs to take place. So if I'm going to sponsor someone or subsidize their ceremony, you know, bring what you can. You know what I mean? I, I do think that people will take it more seriously um, when there's some upfront energy exchange that occurs. For um, sure. But yeah, so we're going to work the kinks out. And, um, you know, obviously we're, I've, I've, in my church work, I've been helping veterans organizations, things of that nature, um, get their paperwork together uh, to help out veterans. And, and so, yeah, there's just there's a lot of good causes to get involved in, in the space. And, um, you know, obviously, most of the organizations I work with are nonprofits. Um, and so, yeah, it's um, it's been a real blessing. And, you know, I, for the first time in my life, I can truly say that I feel to be an integral part of something something much bigger and greater than myself um, and something that I think history will look kindly upon me for, hmm. uh, for helping these people. Uh, because a lot of these people are operating kind of underground, but they have legitimate uh, organizations that operate um, safely and, you know, in a sacred manner, right? So, you know, when I get this paperwork for them, it's, they're able to feel better and more protected when they, when they, uh, you know, when they hold ceremony. And also too, they feel more confident coming up a little bit more above ground to kind of widen uh, their net to, to pull people, you know, from a larger community into the, to the space. Yeah. I mean, and in, in a lot of ways you're directly affecting the, you know, the, the, the often mentioned uh, set and setting. You know, you're making it, you're literally like taking some weights out of that space for people. And the, and the ceremony itself is, is a, that much like, uh, I guess, lighter, I could say. I don't mm -hmm. know. You know, when, when you have legality, a lot of people used to joke, you know, like weed doesn't make you paranoid if it's, a, if it's legal, you know. like. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, no, I mean, um, <laughs> no, I agree. And so, you know, it's crazy. After my first sacred ceremony, um, I kind of stood up from my tapestry and... I was being spoken to and said, you know, it was the lady running the, the church there. And um, it was like, help this woman. Hmm. I think you froze. Okay, we're back. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I got up <laughs> off my tapestry and, um, you know, spirit kind of spoke to me, like, help this lady. Wow. Um, and so from there, it just, you know, I helped her. And then it just snow, it just started snowballing. And dude, I don't do any kind of advertising really. Look, I, I, I don't charge a lot of money at all to help consult these people. Uh, I do require some energy exchange. You know what I mean? Because yeah. here's the deal is that if someone's going to set up an entheogenic church, like you need to show me that you're serious about it because I'm not just going to set someone up who's not serious, who is going to then go out here and not be safe or not, you know, conduct ceremony in a sacred way. Um, that's my two requirements. Like you have to be sincere. Your ceremonies have to be sacred and you have to be safe in what you're yeah. doing. And if they, and if they meet those three criteria, then I, I, I don't have any problem helping them out. And, and I love to do it. And it's just been like, yeah, I'll help one person. Then here comes two more. And it just, yeah. It's, it's like you put a beacon out or yeah. something and they're finding you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and so now I've got all these contacts in the space. And so when I get ready to launch the website, which should be late February, the, the first you know phase will be developed. Um, I'll have at least a good 15, 20, maybe 25 retreats 
uh, to go up on the initial listings, you know, and so awesome. it's, it all kind of plays hand in hand. And so, you know, helping them out on this end, they'll help me out on that end. And, and it all, it all, you know, works out. Of course. Of day, that's, so. that's super cool. I can see it. And uh, I'm, it's coming out in February, the first phase. I can, I can picture how cool this thing is going to be and how effective, yeah. you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. And, it's like and, a, and I will say, you know, we're going to have pretty strict guidelines as far as no selling drugs on the site. Um, and then also too, it's going to be a safe place, man. So like no, you know, no bashing each other, no divisiveness, none of that. There'll probably be pretty much a zero tolerance policy for it. Um, I do encourage healthy debate, you know, but obviously no slandering or name calling or, mm-hmm. you know, anything of that nature, just cause I, I want it to be a safe place where people can share their experiences, uh, or other things, you know, be vulnerable on the site. Um, without fear of, of people coming at them, you know? It's, it's just like a virtual ceremony. Well, I mean, the <laughs> aftermath, you know, where we yeah. all, sh- the sharing yeah. circle. <laughs> That's really funny to put it that way. It's so true. Yeah. It's for the sake of helping each other, right? That's I'm like, by virtue of being on the internet, you can't really like dismiss or avoid the, the, the dreaded comment section, you know? But you, yeah. it's, I'm sure... I'm sure we'll all be pleasantly, uh, maybe not so surprised anymore, but like it, that's, that's a type of person. It's a type of community. So you're probably not going to have a lot of problems with that. There's always a troll here and there, but the, they do what they do. Yeah. Well, I'll say this too. So like for the membership's going to be a very small, like monthly fee. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that for two reasons. One, um, you know, looking through a lot of the documentation I've been provided, like with letters to and from the DEA, I get the idea that they don't get as apprehensive or upset about um, websites that aren't generally available to the public, right? So, mm-hmm. so one to kind of keep the DEA off our back, um, you know, and the retreats and everybody. So that that's reason one, and then reason two is to kind of weed out the people uh, who aren't absolutely serious about entering the space or, or may, you know, being in the space. Um, you know, and again, it's the energy exchange, you know, um, I can promise you that, uh, my business partner, Hector and I are putting up a lot of energy, um, to get this thing started. And, you know, um, and again, we're going to take a lot of the money and and give it back and shoot videos and and create cool content. Um, and, and I'm going to continue my church work too, and keep pushing this thing along. So, you know, really, I will say in, in all confidence that a support for our website is, is for real, for real support for the movement because um, I'm, I'm in it thick and so is Hector. I'm sure it's going to show on, like in your work. I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm, the energy exchange is, is, is very fair, you know. I'm, it, I like the way you're putting it and, and it's just some people might not think about it or have a little knee-jerk reaction. Like we even talked about it last time. Like there, it, it does it does feel a little like wrong sometimes to to have the kind of uh, like to just kind of let capitalism do its thing naturally. But you're not letting it doing it naturally. You're you're in control. You're like the gatekeeper, and you're just kind of asking the like everybody else to meet you halfway. And and that's what's going to make it balance itself out and be kind of like, you know, it's it has a lane. It's a very purpose-driven project. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not Facebook. It's not this open source thing. It has a point, so it needs to kind of have a. I, I guess restrictions are not a bad word in this case. You know, you have a a little a direction, a little policing, if you will, uh, just just to keep it on track. <laughs> and I'm of the mindset too is that look, we're all in this together. Like you know, we all desire. I think most people in this space desire that one day 
we be able to expand our consciousness and commune with with the spiritual realm without any fear or you know like basically these substances be generally accepted and, mm -hmm. and legalized right and so everything that we're doing should be trying to kick the ball towards that end goal right i mean look the the religious exception here in the u.s is great um, and, you know, it, it does what we need it to do because for those of us who are serious about using these as medicines and spiritual guides, it works perfectly. But, you know, one day I would like our next generation to just literally be able to expand their consciousness at will with no fear of any kind of prosecution. Um, but to that end, you know, I support people in this space, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times I randomly see someone post something that they made or that they do. Uh, in this space where I'll just buy it, you know, it's usually cool, but you know, I, I support people in this space and I think we all should too, and not get necessarily offended when someone's trying to earn a living, um, you know, in this space. In, in my travels and in my business dealings over the last several months, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know who literally gave up their house, their job, uh, all the trappings of normal life to follow the medicine path and to bring people to the medicine, right? And so, as a community, do we feel good about just letting those people fall flat on their face um, because we get offended that they ask for some money for a ceremony or something, you know? Yeah, of course um, not. That's well you know, said. If, yeah. if, if this website does well enough, I'm probably going to discontinue practicing law possibly, you know, so that way I can fully devote my time mm. to this, you know, but if, if I can't really make ends meet with the website, then that's, you know, not going to really be a possibility. Um, so, you know, those are just some considerations to think about. You know, I understand why some people are put off by people in the space asking for money. I get it. Uh, but, you know, I think there's some really good uh, poignant arguments to be made as to why it should be okay that we exchange energy amongst ourselves, money, uh, things of that nature. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I think even, in, I think in every space, there's just a type of person who just has a certain relationship with money and it can be a little negative or a little uh, like famine mentality or something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if, if simply like we're saying, if we have a kind of hatred, like, I'll just say it plainly. If we have a kind of like hatred for money or, or like the system or the man, and then that bleeds into these like beautifully spiritual things, then the, the, there's, there's just a, um, there's just a gag reflex, but the, the, tr like you're saying it perfectly, like there's really, there's no other right way to do it. You know, like the, a lot of people, like you said, are, are doing this, uh, like, um, almost like monastic, like, like let everything go and really focus on the thing. But they, they're like, I, I, um, like I, I'm proud of the, I don't know. I, I don't know what word I'm trying to use. Like these people, are doing something brave and they're taking a risk and, yeah. and they deserve to be, uh, you know, patted on the back for it. And we also can't expect anyone else to, to make that leap. It's that simple. You know, we can't just flush our lives like, and that, that includes money, a family life, a home, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, this is the society we live in. And, and, and I love that. I, like the way you talk about it is comforting. You really just feel like I feel like you just have your foot in both worlds, and you see them both clearly. You see the value of both. You see the means to the end, and and and, and not in a bad way, you know, like in a reasonable way. And uh, and 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 like uh, to, to what I was saying, uh, I have the same kind of pride towards you. Like to, for you to say that you would give up law, I don't know if that's just like a choice of comfort, and and you just like feel better doing that, or if you really are sacrificing something, and and it's because you believe in that, and you want to put your time where you think it's more needed. 
Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, I, it basically boils down to this, that once I really got deep enough into this church work, I, be, I came to realize that I am fulfilling my higher purpose in all this, hmm. you know. Um, and I do, I'm still, you know, I'm still passionate about practicing law. Uh, I still work there eight to five every day. Um, but you know, I'll just say this, like the work I do in this space, I'm not going to say it's easy, but things come to me in this space with little or no effort. Right. So it's kind of like these people are attracted to me. Uh, I think by heart's vibration, but they end up finding me. Right. You know, and, um, and just helping them is, it's just, I, I feel like it's my higher purpose. It's pleasing I, I the universe. Like my higher purpose is here. And, um, you know, I was kind of told that through an experience. Uh, it was kind of explained to me that it is my higher purpose and that all of us really, y'all included in this space, that this is our higher purpose, that, you know, the energy balance, the, the, uh, the pendulum had kind of swung too far this way. In that the plant medicine and these other spirituality modalities and stuff are, are part of a force to help bring it back into equilibrium. Um, and that, you know, we're all connected through our heart's vibration. Because, you know, I've been meeting so many people in this space, like every day, just people that were, it felt like I'd known them a whole life, man. And um, so yeah. I kind of asked, you know, spirit about it. And it was explained that, you know, no, y'all are connected through heart's vibration and you're inextricably intertwined in that, you know, you meeting these people is inevitable. Yeah. I like you know, that. and then with technology these days, the way it is, you know, these connections are being made, you know, probably by the minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Faster and more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Faster and more. <laughs> it's, it's, I keep saying it. I've said it in like six podcasts now, but it's so true that there's a fucking momentum happening and I don't know how to put my finger on where it is and what it is, but it's mm. clearly happening. And there's a, it's a plant medicine um, movement. That's a momentum that's going on. And we're seeing it now because of this, the church that just got approved here in Quebec. Like Quebec is very strict with their religious laws and all that kind of stuff. So for that to happen, I'm telling you, this is, this is like mind blowing. But that's just predominantly Catholic up there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Montreal is known as the city of churches. Actually, I found that, that out a few that's years ago. That's kind of how it is down here in South Louisiana yeah. too. Predominantly so, Catholic. Um, yeah. To yeah. see, but to see that kind of happen here, and then just to see everyone talking—not everyone, but so many people I encounter now have heard about ayahuasca and other plant medicines. It's just—it's coming a household name in a sense, where at least someone in someone's family has experienced it, or they experienced it, and. I, I always say back from 10 years ago when I found out about it, almost no one I spoke to knew about plant medicine to where it is now. There's clearly a momentum happening. And you're seeing it now with um, psychedelic companies that are actually on the New York Stock Exchange and they're actually preparing for phase two, phase three trials with psilocybin. These, like, these things, are it's going on. It's going. And we're kind of just in it, so it's hard to really see it as a whole. Mm. But it, we're all doing our part talking about it and bringing it to the forefront. I love the way you pointed it out too. Like it's it's an equal push. Yeah. You know, we're like in an extreme now. I feel like it's ramping up so much and I feel like you just gave me a really good context for it. Like it needs to be kind of equally crazy the other way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, we've just, you know, and, and I will say the last four years in American politics kind of really showed, you know, where we're at as as a society and, you know, it needs to swing back the other way. You know what I mean? A lot of people are just disconnected from spirit, man. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, through that disconnection with spirit leads to uh, not respecting Mother Nature, not living in symbiotic relationship with Mother Nature. And it was explained to me that to truly like be in touch with spirit, you must be in harmony with Mother Nature. Um, and that basically the only way you can truly love yourself uh, is through your spirit, is through a relationship with Mother Nature. Um, and so it's like, I see people, you know, outside of the community, not all of them, but, you know, I see people that, that what I just explained to you makes sense, you know, it's like, wow. Um, but, you know, I think overall, you know, I've heard before, and I put, I say this on the landing page that, you know, if we can raise the vibration of 1% of the world's population, that it would effectuate a huge shift. Uh, in consciousness and that we could probably start turning things around, right? And so I think the plant medicine's a big part of it, but I think there's other modalities and other things uh, that will help to, to you know, effectuate that 1% shift. But, you know, again, I think the plant medicine is going to play a huge part in it, and a lot of that has to do with the mental health crisis. Um, you know, people are just waking up to the fact that Western medicine is not addressing the issues, you know, and that um, maybe these ancient people had it right. And, and I'm not saying they do in everyone's case, but for the most part, I mean, just the ceremonies and retreats I've been to over the last, what, like five, six months. I mean, I, I've seen some major healing occur, you know, like people yeah. like really coming out of these experiences, like change and, and like in the sense that you can look at them. You'll see and, it. And, and, you know, they're like standing up a little taller, <laughs> smiling more, looking people in the eye, like, you know, people who are completely broken coming in, like literally after one ceremony or one weekend, like. You, you know, I met a, I met a lady uh, during a, a Bufo ceremony. This was a few years back. And she's very successful in, in terms of materialism. She, she had a great job, you know, a lot of wealth in the family, whatever. Uh, she had a beautiful son, and uh, she said to me uh, she was about to o overdose, or she did overdose on a few pharmaceuticals and alcohol and a bunch of other things, and then she was rushed to the ER, and then they had to pump her stomach and bring her back to life. And it was that point where she decided to make a call and to do an ayahuasca ceremony because she was literally sobered, scared of the fact that she can just, her pain will kill her, and she'll leave her son and then she did one ceremony, and from that moment on, and she just that inclination to hurt herself more stopped, and she really started to heal. And I only saw her after the fact. I didn't meet her during or before, but to see the bright smile she had and like just this this warmth that she had behind her, and she told me her story. I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. And there's so many stories like this where people hit rock bottom and then they, they do something like a plant medicine ceremony, whether it's bufo, ayahuasca, or even like a meditation. Some people can just hit, get the fucking message from that. And to see the change, you know, that's why we're, we, you're, you're putting yourself on the line right now and, and building this company and eventually wanting to do this full time. And that's why we're doing this podcast. And that's why so many yeah. people literally leave their lives to start ceremony centers is because we see this happen and we believe in the message and we felt the message, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And um, what was I going to say that, you know, I, well, I do want to say these podcasts are very important, uh, very important as far as the overall movement is concerned, because y'all, you know, get all these different people in and talk about their work. Um, 
but I wanted to let y'all know I'm actually publishing my second book. Um, I'm gonna. I, all right. So I've done so much research in this law space that I'm giving myself a two week deadline to get the rough draft of this book done. Um, nice. But I've already done all the research. But it's going to be about the law of entheogenic churches in the U.S. Um, and then the last 40 pages is going to be like a rough kind of generalized how to guide as far as setting up. Uh, you know, your entheogenic church or bringing your ceremony above ground. Um, wow. But yeah, I, I think by the time I get the rough draft done and then formatted and put on, it'll probably be four or five weeks from now, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go and publish that book and just, you know, put it out there for everybody. So, nice. you know, cause a lot of people don't realize, you know, that, that these things are protected, you know, if done right, they're, they're protected and it is a little bit of a gray area of the law, but I think the way I can lay it out in my book is make people feel better about it. Uh, and will hopefully have the effect of having people kind of, uh, you know, start to move their way, uh, above ground. Hmm. Now the worst thing, it would be very sad for, for people doing this amazing work to, to lose opportunities just out of sheer ignorance, just to not know yeah. that there's yeah. opportunities for them. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. So, so this is not exactly a continuation of your book series. Like you had these kind of. Yeah. You know, it's crazy is that. So when I first entered the space, well, I, I told y'all I had been kind of guided by an entity to write the first book, but I knew the first book wouldn't be the end of my path. Um, and so, yeah, once I draft, you know, I published the first book within a month, I'm doing starting on this work, um, you know, so it's like, and then ever since I got on this path, it's just been like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. all the way to the website now, and there's no telling what'll be, what'll come after that. But, um, you know, I, um, I've basically adopted the plant medicine religion as well. I have, uh, yeah. I'm, you know, the, the, the South American shamanism kind of mixed with North American, uh, Indian traditions, um, has become my religion and, and that's not to say to the exclusion of other religious teachings right but like that's been that's my main thing and um you know i'm willing to put it all on the line for it you know I, it's the first time in my life that i ever like really felt what it's like to be part of like a religion that I wholeheartedly like believe in you know because yeah. I, was, I was raised christian but like i still had a lot of questions man but like yeah. When I went to this first sacred ceremony, I went over there with some questions and I got the answers, you know, and then and keep getting the answers yes. um, and, and answers that when I look back over my life, when I look at, you know, real life events, like they all make sense. You know, I yeah. no longer really fear death, you know, like I feel like I pretty much know now uh, what it's hidden for whenever, you know, that time comes and, you know, <laughs> I feel like hopefully I'll be prepared that day, um, you know, to make that final release or transition over to, to the source, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I had a recent five, uh, five MEO experience and it was just that it was, mm -hmm. it was basically whatever death concept we think it is. I think, well, whatever you want to think it is, I think I experienced it that day and, um, yeah. you know, and I don't need to explain it because I feel it and there's no words to really describe it, but it's really a transition and it's really just about a, almost like a choice that you just go back to the source in a sense, you know, and that fear of death for me, that relationship with death is so different now. It has been for a while, but it, it got reinforced in the past week. But um, yeah, and that fear of death for a lot of people, me included at one point is 
is going to dictate a lot of your decisions in life, you know, until you can come to terms with that moment, uh, with that idea that you're not going to be alive and it's going to end. When you can liberate yourself from that, those constraints, you can really uh, unlock a lot more into your life and really start to live, you know. Yeah, because you can work back from there. If you can overcome the fear that's of it. death, then like that's the ultimate fear. That's well, then it. you can work back from there and conquer pretty much anything else in your life. You know, if, mm. if you do it, you know, just baby steps backwards. Um, let me tell you an interesting theory I have. So, you know, on the Bufo experience, you you get thrown basically to the source, right? But so here's here's my theory that our attachments to this physical world mixed with the fear of death, basically the attachments kind of make you afraid to die, right? Because mm. you're more into this physical material stuff you got going on here than you are interested in, in you know, what happens after death that you might, you know, there, there, I think there's a period between leaving this physical realm and then reuniting with the source where you have to make that final release. And, and that, your attachments to this physical world, be careful because that might prevent you, at least for a period of time, in a zone where time is irrelevant, um, you know, from, from making that final release. And maybe that's what the Christians in, in these other religions kind of refer to as hell, being stuck in that, that transition period there, not being able to make the final release, um, and in a place where time is, is non-existent. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, maybe that's what they consider hell. It sounds like a hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so, man, like I say, ever since I got in this religion, like it's just very profound ideals, thoughts, beliefs. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I finally found where I need to be. Um, and then being able to do all this work in the space, it's like, you know, it, it's just amazing. And, I feel like we're kind of pioneers, you know, in this because, you know, let's look back maybe even maybe five to seven years ago. There just wasn't a whole lot, you know, in the way of, of these types of shows or my kind of work or yeah. books, as many books being written. Um, and now it's just it's it's blowing up, man. And more people are entering this space every single day. Um and like I said, I think a lot of people or most people are just having an internal call to the medicine. Uh, and when that call comes, I want them to be able to find where they need to go. And, and I will say this. One thing about the website is that we'll have retreats at, at all different levels, right? So we might have, you know, a really luxurious one. We might have one where you're by a fire laying on a sleeping bag in the woods, which is typically the ones I kind of like to get to. Yeah, but, um, sounds nice. You know, people need to meet the medicine where they're at, right? I used to That's get it. all up in arms thinking that these people would charge or pay $3,000 for a weekend in Costa Rica, you know? But to be honest, I've come across some people in this space that need a $3,000 retreat hmm. in Costa Rica, right? It's just they're not at the level personally – uh, emotionally to handle roughing it in the woods by fire, right? So they, mm -hmm. and, and so now I realize that people need to meet the medicine where they're at in order to, at least for them to have that initial good experience or, or, you know, I say good, but at least a powerful one that helps them, you know, to keep them coming back uh, and engaging with the plant medicine as needed, you know? That's an important point. That's a really important because some people can 
be quick to judge if they see like a retreat that's like a lux with the label luxurious retreat ayahuasca retreat where it's like four or five grand or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you have like a spa like setting but some people genuinely need that and they like you yeah. said they don't want to be around a fucking fire in the forest mm-hmm. you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> i think uh i'm sure a lot of i mean i guess we're touching back on that like um money money and all that like that kind of knee-jerk thing again but but i it really makes sense i think anyone who's partaken in some one one or multiple of medicines that we're referring to um would would understand what you're saying like there's there's a lot of ego barriers to to get to the cup so if you can wiggle your way around some stuff and 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 honestly who is beyond benefiting from this or even needing this sometimes nobody right so so if some if there's some rich guy who who sees it a, a certain way in his mind why resist it you yeah. know pay pay the pay the extra and go to the little resort or something and it's 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 at any rate just to again to credit the the whole idea behind the the website it's nice to have options it's nice to have yeah. peer reviewed options and to just be yeah. able to to feel like you're in an accredited space and you can you have a little bit of control right before you completely lose it. Your last bit of control. You know, because look, as y'all very well know, when you're you know, engaging in these plant medicines, you, you do put yourself in a vulnerable spot, right? So you want to make sure that you're with someone who has your best interests at heart. Um, and, you know, is going to look out for you and, and conduct the ceremony properly. And so, you know, look, I can't guarantee anybody's safety. I can never guarantee the efficacy of the medicine. But, you know, what I'm going to do is use my knowledge in the industry, uh, you know, mixed with my business partner, Hector. He's very close to the medicine, you know. And so we're going to personally interview these people, uh, the ones we don't know or haven't, you know, encountered before and, and just make sure that everything as far as we know is above board and, you know, and then we'll have the review section. Hey, you know, those things tend, tend to work pretty good. And, uh, you know, the community will, will get it figured out. You know, I I do have faith in that, that, you know, the people here, uh, they'll be honest and with the integrity in their reviews and, you know, also understand that, what what was bad for some people might not bother other people, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, people be able to discern where they want to go. And, um, you know, obviously if, if, it, you know, somebody's new and they need some help, they can always reach out to us, you know, on the site. Yeah. And I'll be glad to talk to them and see if, if I could, you know, point them in the right direction. That's, that's a really, that's a really cool thing too, is that you're, you're kind of like a flame for everyone to come find you. And then if they need help becoming the thing that you want to represent, you're going to be able to kind of usher them into the world through your platform. That's really. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, dude, I just, I'm I'm telling you, I connect with people in this space every single day and it doesn't matter who they are. People will be like, Hey, I like your project. We should connect sometime. Well, look, within the next two days, I I have at least a 10, 15 minute phone call with those people. Um, just because I love connecting with people and, you know, it's just, we're all, you know, there are some extremely talented, bright, uh, driven individuals in this, in this space. Right. And so I just know that the more we're able to reach out and connect with each other and build this community, the more that we'll be able to take projects and just kill it, you know? Hmm. Um, and so that's, that's why I kind of like doing that. You never know what someone's going to be competent at and, and can help. And, and the thing is, is a lot of people in this space are more than willing to help um, any chance they get. Um, and so, yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta say, I, 
you know we we joke about it but it's a fucking cool community we got here with the <laughs> the plant medicine community you know for the most part you know every every group has their people but no judgment but uh, we have a really awesome supportive uh participants in this whole space that are really going to help push in any way they can you know one thing i noticed in ceremony and i repeated a lot myself is after ceremony i always go how can i help more how can i be a part of this mm-hmm. you know it's like i, I want to push this forward even more because i see what it does for me and i want to help whoever's looking yeah. you know yeah yeah that's it you know I, i'm not prepared to sit here and say that you know entheogenic plant medicines are for everybody that's it uh but for those people who are called i want them to you know again my ultimate goal is one day that, you know, everyone on the North American continent is going to be able to find a retreat or a ceremony within like a four or five hour drive. You know, obviously it's going to take a little bit to get there, but, you know, at least people will be able to find a ceremony for, you know, even though it might be 10 hours away, have to fly there still at a fraction of the cost of going all the way, you know, to Peru or Colombia or wherever they go mm-hmm. in South America or Costa Rica. Um, you know, because a lot of people just don't have the means to do it. There's no telling how many people are sitting out there unaware that within four hours there's a ceremony spot that's good. Yeah. Um, that really have a call to the medicine, but thinking that they're going to have to spend three or four grand um, to go all the way to South America. And now we got COVID and everything. And so that comes with a whole other set of restrictions, you know, mm. or just general barriers to, to getting around. Um, so, yeah. I um I want to make that happen for those people and um that that's the goal of the site and, and I tell you you know I told you I work eight to five at the law office but then I come home and put in another eight hours um on the church work and and doing the website stuff and um you know it doesn't even phase me man because I'm so passionate about everything I do that um you know working in this space is fun to me I love it you know and and I see the results every day um. And so I'm sure y'all get the same t- type of gratitude from the podcast. Mm-hmm. It can be energizing. Yeah. You, sometimes you feel, um, I don't even, sometimes I don't even appreciate it or notice it fully, but I, I just, uh, I just afterwards have some kind of like, uh, like a, like a beaming sort of like a, yeah. like just a, like a strong emotional state. And, and it's like, I, I don't I don't always give it the credit or something just just to be having a conversation and to be be doing something simple enough that I can enjoy and but it's there's some I think I just I think I'm very I'm, I think I'm a very unconscious person personally so I think I, I'm not exactly sure what I'm feeling but it feels right and there's something just simply rewarding about it and I'm I'm kind of obsessed with the cycle of and you're a huge part of this just accessibility kind of destigmatizes and destigmatization leads to more accessibility. So there's just, I feel like if I can tip the scale a little bit, there's this already happening wave of exponential awesomeness, you know? So to to do anything like that, like I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's kicking your ass sometimes, you know, like you're a human being, but I understand when you're saying that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and credit where credit is due, man. But, but you're, if you if you found your calling, I mean, like you're saying, you know, there's there's you would be more depleted if you didn't do it, if you yeah. didn't follow that. So so or um, if you ignored it. Exactly. And yeah. it's it's I mean, uh, not to toot your horn too much, but like it's it's pretty inspirational, man. Like I don't I don't put in a lot of hours and even in the things that I love. So <laughs> so it's nice to see someone who's so clear headed and driven and yet so um, 
also immersed in the the religious and spiritual aspect. You're integrating so much of it, and so much so that you're you're a part of the global integration now. It's really fucking cool. <laughs> you're this yeah, fractal um, integrator. You know, I um, I um, uh, speaking of integration, I was actually uh, a guy. Uh, a, a main integration coach at one of the churches in Florida and I were looking at retreat spots near Austin, Texas this last weekend. So it looks like maybe after the first of the year sometime, uh, him and I are going to open up a retreat spot down there uh, in the hill country outside of Austin hmm. um, and just work it up to be a really nice, well done, well thought out, well serviced uh, retreat center. Uh, so that's probably going to be my next foray um, in this space, but yeah, man, it's, um, it's just really a blessing. You know, I, again, I just feel so much part of something way bigger than myself. And, you know, there's, there's opportunities to make a living here and do what you love and help other people. I mean, that's just a win-win. Like I always tell people, it's kind of like with the plaintiff's law, helping, you know, poor people collect from rich corporations. It's like you make really good money doing the right thing you know, and standing up for the little guy, like it's a win-win, you know? And, and so maybe it's not those exact dynamics here, but something similar, you know, helping people heal. Um, and at the same time, making a living and spreading love, like that's what it's all about really. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I, I wish I had a better word than like entrepreneurship, but it's like, you're not, you're, you're not sitting on your hands, you know, you're surrounded by people who, who are, who are pointing in the same direction as you and you're, 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 like you said, you already, like, you're, this is this, like, current project. You have books, like, in the making, more in the making, probably. And then you're already thinking to the next, next thing when this is, like, uh, uh, merely hatch, this, this project is merely hatching out of the egg and you're already thinking about Austin, you know? So it's like, that's, there's no coincidence here, you know? Like, you're the guy. Yeah. This is what you should, you're, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, oh, so I'll tell you another thing, too, is I've kind of gotten the idea of writing or creating a psilocybin mushroom ceremony. Um, and, and i tell you why it is. I, I want to create a ceremony uh, with the psilocybin that honors all peoples of all time, right? Because as far as we know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, psilocybin has been with man for a very long time, providing them with a way to commune with the spiritual realm, providing insights that my reading of their, my interpretation of history has helped man develop, um, you know, considerably over time. And so I want to write a ceremony and I'm consulting with some people who are very intelligent in this space um, to write a psilocybin ceremony that, like I said, it, it honors all peoples of all time and their relationship with the mushroom. Um, but I want to make it a ceremony that's not tied to any cultural group, right? Mm -hmm. I want this to be a ceremony that anyone who, you know, is using uh, psilocybin mushrooms as a sacrament uh, to help expand their conscious and, and commune with the spiritual realm, like anybody who's, who's doing it for that purpose can pick up, learn the ceremony uh, and conduct it anywhere in the world. And, and that would be in line with tradition. That's awesome. I, I got to say... Uh, I might not be showing my excitement, but like, I've I've always been curious. Uh, like, really, genuinely, almost every time it comes up, especially lately, especially like since a couple of years ago, getting more into the the ceremony space and understanding the value, I've always wondered how 
psilocybin fits into that because it can be like a, a kind of party drug. It can be kind of skipped over in terms of the depths. And uh, I'm sure most drugs can, most plant medicines can, whatever you want to call them. And, and for me personally, <clears throat> I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like psilocybin is a little all over the place. Uh, when I take it, if I take larger doses, uh, I've never done I've never done like the heroic dose and had the kind of clear beam of info. It's always yeah. been kind of like the washing machine. So I feel like you're adding uh, a little weight to the the that realm, if you will. If you're thinking in a kind of Terence McKenna style, where you're yeah. you're messing with the in a good way, you're you're adding to or directing like the morphic resonance of the the psilocybin trip. And it'll be much more of a human experience, a kind of secular experience, like you're saying, obviously very spiritual and very personal, but very much focused on just being human and being connected to every other human who's ever lived and to the earth itself and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And I, I just fucking love that. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's great. And like you said, like you want to get it out there, like you want people to use this and you're making it. You're, you're consulting people who, who work with ceremony. So I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if you're, I don't know how deep you are in that yet, but I'm curious to know what the ceremony looks like parallel to other, to like ayahuasca or things like that. Yeah. So my, my initial thought would be this and kind of pull off Terrence McKenna's five grams in silent darkness. But you know, it, if I was going to write it right now with the thoughts in my head, it would be kind of follow the traditional ceremony with an opening prayer, bless the offering uh, you know, uh, cleanse everybody off with, with smoke, uh, and then people come up and, and take their, uh, sacrament, but I'd like to do it at night in the woods around the circle, around a fire, let everybody take their sacrament and sit down and then cut the fire out mm-hmm. and just sit there in silence in the woods. Um, you know, with a ceremony full of people and just kind of let, you know, the, the experience take its course. I mean, and there's, I think there would be some dynamics going on. One, I think it would be amazing, uh, you know, very profound visual experience. But two, I, I think y'all probably noticed before that on psilocybin, you literally feel connected in your thoughts to the other people oh, yeah. uh, in your circle, right? Yeah. So I just feel like in the darkness, in the woods, with a ceremony of people, that that would amplify itself. Um, to where I think the visual field would be so similar for everybody that it would be very profound. I think so too. I, the only way I've ever done psilocybin was with uh, a few friends. We, we would usually go to the country and just create like a fire. We, we were younger at the time. We didn't create like a, a ceremony per se, but it was yeah. very um, respected. The experience was very well respected by all of us. I think just because we understood how serious this could be. And we weren't taking small doses either. We were taking, I was doing heroic and they were taking the high threes, maybe four grams. And just this, this, this thing we cultivated uh, unconsciously in a sense was such a supportive system because we, we all took it together. We had our, sa- our space to do what we needed to do and we can meet back by the fire at any moment. Like there's always one of us at the fire and just that was it. It was just like a silent um, collective, like an individual, but together kind of experience. But we felt so connected during, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so that that that's my initial thoughts on it, y'all. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'm gonna, uh, you know, consult my people. And here's the real reason why I'm doing it too. It's one, I want to create a ceremony that's not tied to any lineage that honors all people, like that's a it. multicultural national ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, 
also wanted to do it because a lot of people in the U.S. have this belief that if a ceremony isn't tied to a tradition or the religious view isn't tied to a tradition, that it's not valid and protected uh, when that's not the case. You know, the, I, I find several cases where the court basically says, look, if we only go off lineage or, you know, history, uh, the, the major religions we have now would, would have never made it. You know, if, if that's the only way to validate a religion is it's got to pass. Mm-hmm. Well, how did they ever start? You know, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you 100%. know, again, I would like to, you know, start this new mushroom ceremony with the hopes of maybe starting something that creates a lineage and morphs over time. And, you know, this culture over here does it a little bit different than the ones over here, but that it retains its basic you know, foundational elements. And I just think it'd be beautiful. I, I love it, you know? So that's that's something I have in mind and hopefully I can use my platform uh, and my contacts to, to kind of get it started and just kind of see where it goes. Man, I, that's really, like like you, you explained that really well, but like, I feel like sitting on it for a second because it's so powerful. Like you're, you're saying that, like maybe we're a little paralyzed as a people when it comes to like almost a, being religious towards tradition, being a little blind towards yep. uh, tradition and anything breaking tradition, even like like thinking of what is sacred, but then kind of thinking something is maybe sacrilegious or blasphemous if we're if we're trying to kind of change or or recreate. Mm-hmm. And you're coming yep. in and saying it can be both. I can come in and I can start something. I can have all the respect and all the science behind it, mm-hmm. but I'm the guy here doing it now, and that's what someone did back then. So it's like how if we stay paralyzed in that sense, then we're never going to have anything new, and that's really bad because things need to kind of evolve as we move forward through time. So that's like that's I just wanted to kind of unpack that because that's fucking that's really powerful. Yeah, you're just saying yeah. like I can do this too, and with with you know proper intent and proper preparation, all this thing, but still just from you in a genuine sense. Doesn't have to be complicated. Without a shadow of guilt either, that or maybe it's not the way it was or the traditional way of doing it. It's it's what it means to you, you know? Yeah. And like I said, there's a bit of a vacuum there when yeah. it comes to a mushroom ceremony. Like I don't know of any personally. I'm not super versed there, but it yeah. seems like it's gonna be filling a gap. Yeah. You, you know, the only official one that I really know of would be like tied to the Marina Sabina tradition, uh, you know, in Mexico. Um which, which is, I've never partaken in one, but I would love to one day, um, you know, to, to see that. Um, but again, it's like these psilocybin mushrooms, you know, it, you know, like ayahuasca, it's really only naturally grown and made in South America in these certain parts, you know what I mean? So it's obviously very, very tied uh, to that area. And now look, you know, I, I, I personally would probably only you know, engage in a ceremony that was along those lines for ayahuasca just because it's so entrenched there. And mm-hmm. look, those people have been so gracious to allow their culture and people to come and spread it, you know? So yeah, I definitely say engage with that. Um, but you know, with the psilocybin, it's like, it's not limited to one area. I mean, the, the mushrooms grow all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously it's a multicultural sacrament uh, that I think should have a multicultural, uh, you know, a ceremony with it and, and that only serves to further connect us you know as inhabitants of of the earth you know and so i, I see it as kind of reaching across borders 
gender lines, racial lines, all that um, to help just connect us around this one extremely sacred sacrament uh, that, you know, has the ability to to connect us, uh, the whole world. Are you aware of uh, Shroomfest? Have you ever heard of that? No, I'm not. It's, I'm, I'm, I have a base understanding, but there's no, there's no place for this festival, this quote unquote festival. It's, it's really, um, just like a, a period in like a, like a week or so or three days. I don't know exactly. I'm sure you could Google it, but it's like a, a certain, um, a certain time, I think in July or something. And everyone around the world just kind of agrees that it's the time to do mushrooms. So it's a really cool, wow. uh, yeah, like it might not, it's not as uh, ceremonial, but it's definitely um, tapping deep into that whole connection yeah. idea, which is, seems intrinsic in, in mushrooms. It's like the 420, but for mushrooms. Exactly. You know, it's like just a worldwide week. I didn't know it was a week. I thought it was a... Uh, I, I think it's three days or yeah. something. I don't know. It's like a worldwide timeline where we can all hop in and pretty much it's a, it's a collective experience. It's interesting. I never did it. I, I, I got to research more about it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. I mean, I, I guess you kind of engage in a collective uh, unconscious <laughs> consciousness, um, you know, through doing it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... I'm sure there are elements of that that go on, um, yeah. you know, with enough people, you know, around the world that are partaking. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, along those lines, we could we could come up with some cool, significant day for this mushroom ceremony every year that, you know, all practitioners agree that on this day every year they're going to hold one of these ceremonies. You know, mm-hmm. and not to say that's the only day. But say, look, this is our holiday for this specific yeah. ceremony, uh, and so all practitioners get together with their congregations or with their ceremonies and, and hold one. Well, there's a lot of potential there. <laughs> I think we could go off for a while. <laughs> different, uh, Maybe like Terrence McKenna's birthday or something. I think you're on to something here. Now that's yeah. a fucking idea. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're I on mean, to something. As I got to research in this, you know, religious exception or, you know, protections here in the U.S., I mean, look, Terrence McKenna could be considered like a a prophet for some of these religions. I mean, because his ability Mm. to surf those spiritual realms and then come and elucidate uh, exactly what was going on. Uh, in such a profound yeah. way, I mean, it's just, it's it's insane. And, yeah. you know, I can tell you this, my spiritual beliefs in regards to the medicine, like, have definitely been informed by lectures of his yeah. that I've listened to, you know. And yeah. and I think he would agree with, you know, using these these medicines as spiritual tools in, in a quote-unquote religious fashion, right? Hmm. And, and let me say something real quick. I want to let you all know. These plant medicine churches are redefining church and they're redefining religion, Hmm. right? Or religious. Um, For one, the patriarchy of traditional religions is being swept out under the rug because for the most part, I I tell you, over 50% of the people I deal with are women uh, that are putting together these ceremonies and retreats. and then, yeah, and also, too, it's just the fellowship that you get. So, like, the place I go to in Texas is established, and they have, like, a core group of people who are there, you know, two, three weekends a month, right? And there's just, like, this core group of fellowship there that's just, you don't get it anywhere else. It's like, 
people actually do love each other and support one another. And, mm. you know, it's just a whole different vibe than when you walk into a traditional church. You know what I mean? There's no pretentiousness. It's, you know, you can wear a tank top and gym, gym clothes there, you know, and nobody thinks any different about it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's definitely rewriting what it means to be part of a church, part of a religion. And so I know some people are put off by those terms. I get it. I understand, you know, a lot of these other faiths have bastardized the terms, but that doesn't mean it's not too late to actually rewrite it. And, and that's what I think is happening right now in this space as we speak. And the one I'm most proud of is, is getting rid of the patriarchy and, and getting all these women involved. It's, it's very inspiring. It really is. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder what other differences there'll be like that. Maybe more subtle differences, like like that. There's a lot of churches do a lot of good, but there's there's always these inherent kind of uh, formalities. Yeah, or like these kind of um, just these relic kind of uh, like uh, hooking points, you know, where you kind of get yeah. snagged, and it's just kind of built into the the fucking architecture of it. So. Well, and there's no dogma in these churches, right? So it's in kind of the morality at these churches is based off your own personal experience and views, right? And I think what a lot of is that, you know, I think for these churches, the basic rule of morality is treat others how you want to be treated, right? Because we realize that we're all divine manifestations of the same source. So me doing you bad is same doing me bad and so on and so on. So that golden rule really becomes the only point of morality uh, more or less for these churches, right? And there's not all these rules or, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You know, just be respectful and love people unconditionally. Mm -hmm. and, and that's all required to, you know, uh, be a good human being. Um, and so, yeah, so that's another point is that there's not all these rules. And I tell you this, the plant medicine religion is a show me religion, right? Not tell me, show me. Show me. You mm -hmm. actually get to go into the house and look around and open drawers and see what's there and, and you know, experience for yourself, not someone just telling you about it. Yeah, it you cuts know, the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Directly experiencing the spiritual yeah. realm and, uh, you know, kind of with the bufo, like, Oh, yeah. literally put the training wheels on and took it out there into the death realm, you know, and uh, <laughs> got to kind of see what's out there, you know, to where you're going to go. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a very profound experience and not one that you're usually going to get short of a near death of experience at other religious, you know, or in other religions. Yeah. You have to fast or something or stay in a hot room or something. It's fun. I love, yeah. I love your imagery with the training wheels. I just pictured like a, like a like scuba gear. It's like you're going to the other side, but you're like you're good. You know, like you're not you're not actually <laughs> dead. Like yeah, it just made yeah, me laugh. And, yeah, and, and it's important to remember that when you go into the experience because um, yeah. you know, I'm sure some people not prepared get hit with it and um, you know, get thrown for a loop. But um, yeah, the the bufo is very powerful, and you know, um. I've, I, there are a lot of people, you know, integrating that specific medicine into their, their congregation or their ceremonies. And um, I support it. You know, my, I, I really structure a lot of these things as natural entheogen churches, right? Under mm -hmm. the premise that creator source gave us these divine manifestations and plant form, uh, you know, in order to commune directly with it um, and to commune with other spiritual entities, um, you know, to help us 
get through this life and understand what it's about and, and be our best in highest forms um, and connect with self-love, you know? Yeah. Uh, so with that, you know, then now we have all these natural substances that come straight from the ground, uh, straight from animals, uh, you know, that, that, you know, th that belief is not a stretch, you know, like if you smoke Bufo, the, the belief that this was placed here for your ultimate spiritual guidance is, is not a, a far, you know, logical step to take at all. Mm. Um, and, you know, I heard an important point the other night or one that was real, it resonated with me, but they, they basically said that, look, these plants have spirits just like we have spirits as humans. But the thing is, is that these spirits are so wise and intelligent and ancient that to manifest them in human form, we would mistake them for a God. You know what I mean? Mm. And so it only made sense to manifest them in plant form because then we can kind of put it in relation to what's going on with them, right? Man, in a, in a kind of one-for-one one parallel, like I'm just kind of exploring this thought as I go, so, so uh, you know, uh, excuse me if I stumble, but like <laughs> imagine... Uh, imagine... Uh, Imagine what ascension looks like, you know, imagine, imagine like you've talked about, like seeing these kind of masters and seeing this accessibility to spirituality and there are multiple avenues, but they, they've almost like grown or, or extended or dissipated their consciousness in order for us to achieve what they've achieved. That kind of sounds like a fucking plant. That sounds like seeds and like the wind and the, like what you're part of nature now and you're literally just spreading by physics effortlessly, just like this thing that you know, like like McKenna said about psilocybin, possibly like co-evolving with us to make sure that it will interact with us in a certain way. Like, like the the coincidence is is such a alien word in in this conversation at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be honest with you, like my religion's kind of developed where I really don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe you know that that everything that happens in and around me is absolutely exactly how it's supposed to be at that time. Um, and I'll tell you this, so I heard something the other day that, that really drove home the sacredness of psilocybin mushroom is that, you know, the mushroom fruity, fruiting body more or less took its final form, which means not many changes, like over a billion years ago. A billion? Right, so the, yeah, like oh. over a billion years ago. I think they found literally like this huge mushroom <laughs> fruiting body over a billion years old. All right, so that means that that sucker evolved almost completely over a billion years ago, like done final highest form right here. Cannot do it any better. Um, that's insane, you know? So for me, you know, the, the facts like that just help drive home the fact that these are sacred, uh, beings, you know, and that, you know, need to be treated with the utmost respect and, and, um, yeah, dude, it's pretty crazy. And, but yeah, so I also heard something on your point too, is that, um, the mushrooms possibly could be evolving with us or uh, actually them evolving to do certain things to us. Right. You mm -hmm. know, like they're kind of dancing around trying to figure out, you know, what they need to kind of tell us or evolve in a certain way in order to uh, affect our conduct. Well, Terrence McKenna would say, I think he, he spoke big about this, that he believed that psilocybin was just like a memory storage of everyone's experience collectively. And it, grew into what it is today so everyone who experiences it goes into that database 
that can be tapped into when you take psilocybin. I think he felt like that about a, a lot of drugs, like any drug almost, like this kind of, like like I was saying before, this morphic resonance field yeah. idea like Rupert Sheldrick. But uh, he also had this beautiful poem uh, called The Mushroom Speaks. I don't know if you ever heard it, but... Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I have heard it before. It was intense. Um, it sounds real familiar. It was very, I mean, it was, it was, it was like... He has a way of talking, right? But this was more written and actually, if anything, kind of like simpler language. It's funny that his off-the-cuff talking was, was fancier and had all these $5 words. But he, he really, he kind of like um, artistically distilled a, a mushroom trip. And he was explaining how the mushroom spoke to him. The mushroom speaks. And essentially, it's like uh, a very direct intelligence sent this uh, space-faring you know, spore to Earth in some asteroid thingy, like uh, like very very calculatingly, just in in certain directions to certain planets that would eventually form life, possibly even causing life to form. Who knows? And uh, like panspermia, I think it's called. And um, and the whole point is to be a messenger. It's this thing that in in a in a hyperdimensional way, in a, in an extra dimensional way. Uh, is is connected beyond space and time. So us, just like you know, we think we're eating a mushroom, like some monkeys. Like like McKenna had the uh, what's it called, the stoned ape theory stoned that ape kind theory. of created yeah. uh, yep. human in- intelligence or the like yeah. the higher intelligent capacity. So the the mushroom is literally expanding our consciousness so that we can understand it, and then we'll have access to like ridiculous technology and direct communication with some advanced, I think he called it a galactic uh, federation or a civilization or something, like a higher, uh, I don't want to say like a higher plane of existence, but like it it, it sounds like it's in the 3D, you know? I mean, you know, it's all connected. It's all one. We talk about extra dimensions like they're separate, you know? It gets kind of squirrely, but it's it's a small and concise uh, poem, but it's really... Fucking mind blowing. <laughs> I need to go take another look at it. I think I've seen it before, but I'll go take another look. Yeah, that sounds very profound. And yeah, so the stoned ape theory, I mean, you know, I, I subscribe to it. Me too. Uh, I do. And and that also goes to the sacredness of the mushrooms and the relationship with man and you know, it's kind of along the lines of the ceremony. And so in the ceremony, I would probably have an opening that talks about things like like what you just said and the stoned ape theory, just to relay to the people at the ceremony exactly the sacred nature uh, mm-hmm. of the sacraments, you know, so that way they can... Because uh, I, I, I just think it's profound if right before you consume them, you, you come to understand exactly how sacred it is, um, can help you kind of surrender and, you know, uh, get you into the experience correctly. Yeah, uh, uh, like uh, just turn you into this container to like energize the the meaning. We were talking mm-hmm. about meaning before, and it's like a lot of meaning is our choice, you know. But and and sacredness might be the exception. It might be where we th- we see a kind of uh, ubiquitous or obvious meaning or importance, at least uh, as far as being a healthy human. Let's say, and so it's that's really I can definitely imagine that. I mean, I I think. I had a little bit of info about ayahuasca going into the first ceremony, and it definitely informed my uh, reverence. I don't know what to call it. My respect. My my. Yeah. And then and then partaking of that, I mean, uh, to say uh, like you know, it, it, it's 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 flagrantly egotistical, but I felt like I was now part of this thing, and um, maybe that's not so true. And there's more work to be done to be part of 
like uh, what it has become with people like you creating this kind of movement. But you still you feel like uh, you you really just feel like you partook in some ancient technology and and that it's it's so like we were talking about tradition before like it's it's beyond your understanding in a, in a in a really clear sense but in a lot of ways uh, you feel like you have to start uh, you know uh, you know preaching <laughs> I almost want to yeah. say preaching you know my mushroom uh, or you know psilocybin you know most of what I get from it are downloads. Um, and I can tell you that there have been specific instances in my life where before I acted or reacted to a certain situation that those downloads kicked in and informed my consideration or view on exactly what was going on. Uh, and I think I told you all that when I was in rehab for 31 months, um, just profound spiritual insights that I'd had at psilocybin experiences, some as, as, as well as five years before, um, just came back to me, man. Like I could remember like the exact part of the trip too, hmm. um, where these just profound spiritual thoughts entered my mind. And, you know, at the time I never really attached any significance to them. But as I'm going through this program that's intense and, you know, you're not going to make it unless you develop some kind of spiritual program, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. um, I was informed from the mushroom downloads on this is what this is. This is how you need to address the situation. Here's the overall life lesson that you're going to learn here. Like that stuff came back to me, man, the downloads. And so. You know, I was sold by the time I got out of rehab, like I was sold on the download idea um, that that's that's a real thing. And, oh, and yeah. again, I think it's just pulling <laughs> ancient knowledge and wisdom from that that field, you know, of, of collective experience. Um, and it's like they know it's like the mushrooms know which ones you need to pull out of there yes. you know, to, to keep for yourself. Right. Because it's like they know your destiny and they know where you're going to go. And so it's going to pull out of there what you're going to need well into the future. I look at it like a, the mushrooms, like a, almost like a galactic USB key. And when you plug it in, it's just like yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever is in that folder that gets pulled into your yeah. box, into your desktop, you know, because yeah. I, I yeah. look back in my psychedelic journal and there was a lot of it was written during or right after mushroom ceremonies throughout the years. And, I'm looking back at it and some of the pages, it seems like it was like a notebook, like I was in class taking notes <laughs> on what I needed to apply to my life, you know? And, nice. and I look 10 years later now and I see a lot of what I've written is what I'm, I've been applying, you know? And it's, I don't want to go too deep into the, into the mushrooms, but uh, it's, when I had experiences, it, it almost predicted things that were going to happen in my life that happened months later. And I was prepared for them when they happened because of that mushroom experience. Yeah. Things that are very serious in my like in terms of my family and stuff. It said this is what's going to happen, and you're going to have to do this. And I'm like, okay. And I was writing this down, and then it happened, almost exact, you know. And that's kind of started solidifying my belief in these in these in these sacred experiences, you know, because there was things that happened that it couldn't have known, and it, I couldn't have known at the time, and then actually happening, you know. And I, it's not yeah, just me. I hear yeah. stories like this all the time. It's. It's very, and so that again, you know, like, I understand that there's people in this world that see these substances from a very secular view, right? That these are just chemicals that do this in your brain, blah, blah, blah. 
But even the science says that, well, there's this aspect that we term the mystical experience that really has escaped uh, a hardcore, concrete, scientific belief. Mm -hmm. um, and so really, that's where a lot of these churches, retreats, ceremony, that's where this religion kind of springs from is that, look, this is actually something for real that can't be explained by science. You know what I mean? So this basically is our religion. You yes. know, this is communion with the spiritual realm and the source. Um, yeah. And I think that's powerful, man. You know, it pisses those scientists off so bad that they cannot explain it. But I mean, that's mm -hmm. okay, though. Are having, yeah, they're having yeah. insights and shit that's so powerful. And they're telling the science, you know, they're yeah. telling these researchers, oh, I communed with God. Mm. You know, it's like but, they can't explain it. You know, it's, 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 it escapes it. But that's what's exciting. That's what's so exciting to me is that the clinical studies, we're literally at the right before the, the let's call it chaos comes out because this is going to throw scientists all around, panic, scratching their heads because the results are going to speak for itself. But everyone's going to have. Not everyone, but I would I can imagine or predict that most of these when it gets to phase two and phase three, when it when it really hits phase three and then the results show, people I would say in the high eighty, ninety percentage are gonna talk about these spiritual encounters that are almost you can connect the docs between people on how similar these stories were. And it was like that with the spirit molecule with Rick's Dr. Rick Rick Strassman when he did the DMT study and the sixty plus people he did it on um, didn't know each other. It was a double blind test, and they almost reported such similar experiences and meeting similar entities. And these people couldn't have known each other and couldn't have communicated with each other. So I'm so excited to see the psilocybin research come out because this is going to be the monkey wrench for all of us. You know? Yeah. Right. And I might have talked about this last time, but I see this movement in three parts. I see the yeah. research, the FDA trials. I see the decriminalization measures. And then I see this religious front all kind of act. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the camps don't get along a lot of the times, you know, but I get along with everybody. I see everybody's role is very important and, and we're all working towards kind of the same goal, more or less. Right. Um, but yeah, so so I and here's another thing in the U.S., um, if you're trying to assert a religious exemption claim, um, you know, the, the safety of the substances becomes a sticking point for the government because they have to prove a compelling governmental interest. So if the substance is very dangerous, they might be able to overcome your religious claim, right? But that's where, like, the and, and, you know, a lot of people are hesitant about starting a psilocybin church because there's no lineage, which isn't required. But, you know, but on the, on the flip side of that is that there's so much FDA-approved phase two clinical data showing the safety of psilocybin mm -hmm. mushrooms that I would venture to say that the government, well, I know they couldn't make a case, but I'm saying with the way it is, I don't think they could even get close mm -hmm. to making a case that there's a compelling governmental interest in, you know, preventing people in a congregation taking psilocybin. Now, there's also on that same side of the coin, you know, will these substances leak into illicit markets? Now, during that analysis, they do look into the size of the illicit market, which I would say that there probably is a pretty good size, you know, psilocybin illicit market. But that's why these uh, substance handling and storage procedures are very important, that if you take the upfront cost and precautions uh, to make sure that they're handled correctly, then that's going to cut against that argument. But I guess my point is that the, the, the state of the research on psilocybin is ripe 
for mm-hmm. claiming a religious exemption and being protected because it's just the government's not going to be able to prove they're part of that analysis. And, um, you know, again, <laughs> it, really it doesn't won't. have to be tied to a lineage, man. Like if it's a sacred use, it's a sacred use, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I would tie it to his history. You know what I mean? Like, like I say, history of man's involvement with it and yeah. development of consciousness and communing with the spiritual realm. But the actual ceremony is being written today in honor of that, you know? And, and I think that that is something that most definitely would be protected. I, 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 I want, I, I, I feel like a little, it's weird for me to feel this way, but I feel like I'm sure I'm just seeing the writing on the wall. The iron's hot, everything. It's a perfect storm. It's like, I'm almost afraid to be so hopeful, but it's just so obvious like I'm yeah. I used to be forcing this narrative and now there's stuff like maps and and people like you that are pushing it back towards me and I'm even resisting it's like it's better than I thought <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, you know I've done a lot of studying of the history books of all books over the last six months and I can tell you we are a very special place in time and history um that you know ever since we got cut off from these substances you know long, long time ago here in the Western world, um, you know, this is a very special time that we're coming back into communion with these. And, you know, it just so happens we're in a time where people really need these substances. And so there's a lot of different forces at work mm-hmm. pulling us in that direction. Uh, but, and also too, don't get me wrong, it's going to take still some more hard work to keep it going. But if we, if we wake up every day and keep pushing this ball down the field, I do believe that in our lifetime, we will see the day when literally we are able to commune or expand our consciousness in any way we see fit uh, without any kind of repercussion, you know, uh, legally speaking. And so that's kind of what I'm going for, you know, because look, even with the religious thing, there's still, you know, possibilities that you could get arrested, you know, but that doesn't mean it's going to stick, but you know, there's just still some uncertainties there, you know, and that's just Mm -hmm. kind of the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I tell people, if you are really a hundred percent sincere in your practice with these medicines, you know, fear of being jailed or harassed, like shouldn't really enter into the equation. It really mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. I mean, because I can tell you now I don't do anything illegal, but let's say for whatever reason, tomorrow they declared that this church work was illegal. Um, and they came to arrest me. I would peacefully go. I mean, it's my religion. I'm not going to denounce it. I'm not going to lie about what I've done. I'm not going to try to hide the ball. Mm. I'm just going to tell them the way it is because, you know, again, it's my religious views. You know, no amount of jail you can put me in, mm-hmm. no amount of threats you can make to me are going to break my resolve that the spiritual truths I've acquired from the plant medicine is the real deal, you know? Mm. And and so that's where I'm at. And I encourage other people. And, and look, it took me some soul searching to get there, right? Uh, but, you know, once I realized that, like, th- for the first time in my life, I do feel, like, spiritually connected to to the universe, right? And I feel connected to my spirit, and it's amazing. Um, I never had this through any other organized religion. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about it. And, you know, look, I don't impress my views on people. Uh, if they ask, I'll be glad to tell them what mine are. Um, but you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, it is what it is. And, um, I'm, I'm in for the long haul, man. This, like I say, this is my religion. I will be going to 
uh, you know, retreats and ceremonies in the woods for the rest of my life. That's fucking awesome, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, worth bleeding for, man. Yeah. It's a good hill yeah. to die on. You know? And yeah, it's I. I just had this visual of you painting a like a, the bullseye on your back with a smile. You were no, like, if they know, come for me, hit, hit me right here. I don't give yeah. a. <laughs> sure there's some authorities that might be watching me or got me under surveillance or whatever you know for the work i'm doing but again you know i've done a little bit of time before and back then i was not anywhere near spiritually fit and it was miserable but like now i am spiritually fit i feel like that if i had to go do some time it actually wouldn't be that bad because i'm <laughs> connected to the source inside of me and i realize that all the answers and everything i need are already inside of me you know there's no outside force that's dictating all this you know like mm-hmm. i am the source you know like yeah. Yeah. And, and just that profound realization just changes the whole ball game when it comes to spirituality being able to overcome adverse circumstances you know like you're the one creating this, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not, you know, there's not a God or in my view, there's not a God that's like dictating what's going on around you. Like literally if you are vibrating at the right frequency, you are creating yeah. in your life. It puts you all know? the power back in it, your, that's in your circumstance. Is. Absolutely. And, and look, and that also leads to self love. You know what I mean? Like if you realize that you're a divine being and, and, you know, part of the source and that we all are. I mean, that's how could you not love yourself? How could you not love others? Yeah, um, you know? uh, it, it's funny because you mentioned the golden rule before, like do unto others the way you would want to be done to you. Uh, um, Aubrey Marcus, I don't know if you're familiar, but he has a podcast yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a few of his podcasts that I really got. He's he's um, good. He's actually I think he's set up in Austin as well too. It's funny that you is he okay? But yeah. I think he was in Denver or something maybe originally. Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe, I th- maybe on it. I think I think the gym is. I think in he's in, te- in yeah. Texas now, though. Maybe I need to reach out to him. Oh, please yeah. do. Yeah. He he has he calls it the platinum rule because he says, "You are the other." Like like take it a step uh, over. Like you you had mentioned it before. Like you do unto others the way you want because you are them. You know, and it's weird because maybe in the Western way, like the substance that we kind of adopted was alcohol and it's this social drug and it and it, it removes inhibition and uh, and uh, there's a hangover. There's a there's a there's a deep repercussion. It's it says a lot about the way we think and the way we act and the, the way we ha- hold importance to the social dynamic. And then these plant medicines make you pull inward. They really make you become your own master because that's the, just the truth and it's all you're left with. Mm. And yet in that simultaneous in that instance, we're all one as well. You are the master, but we're all the master. Like we're literally all this, there's a collective agreement and a collective consciousness, but this is the slice of the garden that you own, that you really own. You have choice here, you have freedom, you have free will here. And that's the new big thing. That's the new, that's the, 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 the key to the lock to the freedom of this time sort of, I think. I'm just kind of riffing. Yeah. Uh, we live in a very, you know, reactionary society. People react, and the, I, I'm going to make a point here. It's like we live in a very emotional, reactionary society. People get pushed to anger and being upset just real quick. But you know, the only yep. way I was able to recover from my addiction was the spiritual revelation, kind of like what you were saying. Is that however I feel, I I control that. Like literally, like I can be happy, sad, mad, glad, indifferent. I control that, Mm. you know, and like the more I'm letting the outside stuff 
determine that that's controlling me right but really i have control over all that and like once i came to that realization oh my god like it just blew the lid off the the potential in life that's the exact realization i I had last week with the five was that oh wow wow. it was exactly that was everything that i have everything that i thought had deep meaning was meaning that i've created for it and that there's so many things in my mind that are were super stressful and but it was all that I chose for it to be that way and that I can control exactly what I want to manifest and what means to me I can literally add that meaning label to it or I can remove it and that's in my power it's not that these things are happening and they're affecting me it's that I'm creating the effect you know they're already happening or whatever and I've create that that illusion that it means something to me you know like what a, I mean like a mirror yeah. Like a mirror. <laughs> yeah. But you can detach from that. You can time. detach from that and you can choose exactly what you want to manifest and what you want to mean to you. You can choose what, what means to you, you know, and that's what I got from the five. It was just a profound fucking 30 <laughs> minutes of just like, I song. knew this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you know? no, it's, dude, that's awesome, man. You know, yeah. um, you know, my only thing with the five is, did you do the actual toe venom or were you... This you was synthetic. synthetic yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've done both. Yeah. I've done both, but uh, I actually, I prefer the synthetic. I, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I like to hear that because, you know, I just, I, I can't help but think that, you know, with the toad population that, you know, we might run into a day where it's not as generally available as it is right now, mm-hmm. um, but... It's good to hear that the synthetic is it's just, incredible. It's just yeah. as good, you know, from good sources. It's it's incredible because it's okay. yeah, and it, you know what? Because of the toad, it's not. Uh, there's a lot of arguments of whether it's ethical or not. It seems to be, from my view, it doesn't seem to harm the toad, but it's going to yeah. be worldwide production will be a, a be an issue, in my yeah. opinion. You know. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'll say this about it though: is that the experience is so profound, I can't help but believe that source put it there for us to because i mean look yeah. out of all of a sudden that'll put you directly in touch with the source yeah. right like yeah, you're right there. like skip these other realms like straight to the source um no debate so i can't yeah i can't help but think that you know that that was placed there for us to to commute and you know what's so crazy is that like i feel like you know there's really no not a real solid lineage to the bufo smoking oh. right um, you know, there's arguments to be made that it goes back, and that's fine. But I'm saying, as far as hardcore, or, you know, concrete scientific evidence, there's no, there's no records. Yeah. There really is no records. But you know, in my mind, it's because all of this is unfolding exactly how it should. Like mm. this super profound medicine is discovered at the beginning of an era that that ended up being really crazy. You know, loss of spirit for a lot of people. Like now, we found this. Me- you know. It just seems like the timeline is unfolding exactly how it should, you know. Mm. And um, it's it's, and like I say, now I look at events with that kind of meaning, you know, that that wow, well, this is happening exactly how it should. So, That's whatever awesome. happens with the toad, I'm almost sure that it's exactly what's what's supposed to happen. But, you know, I would like to see them be preserved at least to some degree, to where there is still some authentic venom available, just kind of not, you know, as it is right now. Because mm. I know, like, where I'm at, you know, there's there's people, you know, uh, medicine people with, with large bags of the venom, you know, that... Mm. that but look, they're, they're serving people and they're changing people's lives. And, um, you know, I can tell you, the Bufo, 
I, I've been to several ceremonies where I just watch. And I mean, it, to watch a group of people in a bufo ceremony, it is very, very profound. Like mm. to see the processes, it's, it's, it's a spiritual experience oh, yeah. in and of itself just to watch it go down. Yeah. Um, and just the releases and man, it just, what a, what a special medicine. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it's rough. I mean, for some people it's very rough. Um, but you know, when people are coming out of the experience, smiling and hugging and saying love, like, I mean, what else can you say about it other than it's very sacred experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I, that was my first Bufo ceremony was we were nine or 10 of us. And as each person went to the altar, we would sit there and watch so you can imagine if, let's just go with 10, that was uh, about 30 minutes to an hour per person. That was a long day of eight or nine hours of just sitting in presence for a person. But yeah. I wouldn't change it for for anything. Uh, yeah. It was so powerful. Well, that space during a yeah. ceremony, like you, you... Wow. Yeah, you feel it, man. And, yeah. um, and seeing the process, like you said. Yeah. 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 Seeing the transition, seeing people get to that, so, coming out of it and the difference. Wow. I would love to go yeah. through that. Yeah. yeah. You know, for, for me, it's just like now I know that the place where I'm going is an, is uh, infinite light, love, and energy. I mean, it's going to be beautiful. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess before I get there, I want to try to make this life as beautiful as I can, too, you know. And, um, you know, for me, that means getting up and taking advantage of every single day and not getting to my deathbed and saying, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, I, I dicked around and wasted a bunch of years in my addiction, which I don't beat myself up for. I absolutely know that everything that I've been through in my life was to strengthen my heart and get it to the vibration to where mm-hmm. now I can do this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like I'm upset about those wasted years and maybe they weren't exactly wasted. I might've worded that a little bit wrong, but you know, now I've got all these talents and uh, you know, my heart is beating at a high frequency. Like now it's time to go, it's time to do this and uh, you know, make a positive impact on people's lives. I, um, I engaged in a peyote ceremony and, you know, the peyote shaman said that, you know, water is sacred. And look, I knew water was sacred, but he was like, water is sacred. You need to pray to your water every morning. When you get up before you drink your water, pray to it, tell it, you love it, thank it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do every morning, you know, there's actually scientific evidence that shows that water changes its molecular structure based on the vibration, like the, the emotional vibration uh, of how you talk to it or, or that's in the room or around it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been working for me. I mean, I notice a more about 10 minutes after I drink my water and, and, you know, go to head out the door. Like I notice that I'm in just a little bit higher vibration than before. And, um, you know, it's just things like that, that have made a profound, you know, impact on my life. And, um, you know, just very grateful for, I'm going to start that right now. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> you know what I ask it to? I say, look, you know, please nourish my body. Uh, please help me raise my vibration so that way I may, I may positively impact, you know, another person's life today. Wow. That's awesome. I, I, do, do, are you familiar with the, the Blue Morpho guy? Have you heard of Blue Morpho? It's like a, no, I haven't. I think, he ha- I think Blue Morpho is a, a, a probably in somewhere in South America, but like a... Okay. It's a, a sounds like somebody I want to meet. An ayahuasca, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, no, it's, it's a great freaking name. I think I think I think it's the name of a of a type of butterfly or something. So it's like oh, the okay. idea of okay. transform. I'm oh, not sure though. No, no. Well, he the guy the guy I don't remember his name right now, but I actually learned about him through Aubrey Marcus, and uh, he 
he uh, he runs a ayahuasca ceremony. I think I don't. Have, I'm fuzzy on the details. He's an ayahuasquero. He is okay. Yeah. I wish I could remember his name. Right, it's on the tip of my tongue. But he, this was like five years ago. I did this. Uh, it's like an email. Um, like a let's say call it a newsletter or something and for 30 days for a month straight i'm sure it's you still have access to this if you want like if you go on the website every day he sends you an email and he gives you like a task and i think maybe the first one was like all day today when you drink water just like pay a hundred percent attention like like hold it with both hands and like think about like what what it took to make this water and and how many times this water might have passed through other animals and passed through nature to become what it is you and then and then the irrigation and everything for it to get to you and the filtration et cetera et cetera et cetera like just uh, you're you were saying you were grateful to have that that experience but like that experience sounds a lot like gratitude itself yeah, just as it a is. practice yeah. and i remember one time i was in my i was in my apartment and and i'm doing this <laughs> for like i don't know like the hundredth time you know and i still do it sometimes and and i grab it and i drink like as if it's uh the golden chalice you know and my friend pops out of the room and he's like dude like he felt it he was like that you just drank that like it was the like the best tasting thing ever you know he was almost making fun of me like what the hell is going on like he didn't understand but he just like i exuded this 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 uh this appreciation it was like it was like visual and honestly it it changed the way I drink water. I mean, it's like, like you're saying, it's something so simple and so, but it's like, no, it, it really is sacred. It really is. It's one of many fundamental things in our lives that we can just take this extra second it's, and it's like life. be lost into. Yeah. yeah, It's life force. I remember I had an epiphany in a mushroom trip once. I was, I had a glass of water and I was looking at it and I was like, what the fuck is this? I drank half of it and I couldn't, I was freaking out that that, half of that was now inside of me. <laughs> this is just a mushroom uh, yeah, experience, yeah, but <laughs> putting everything you know, together was really just about up. gratitude. Our bodies are made up yeah. mostly of water. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, yeah, it's actually... <laughs> oh, sometimes I also thank it for the land features and water uh, sources, you know, like the, nice. the mountains it's cut out, yeah. the, you know, the canyons, stuff like that. Like, I might spend know, an hour this next morning doing whatever this. Whatever I come <laughs> up with that water has contributed to that's sacred and badass, like I thank it for it. Um, I love it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's made a difference, man. And so, you know, there's just a lot of things I've been coming across through my religious or spiritual journey um, that have really, and it really all boils down to putting me back in contact with nature. Mm. Um, because I will say that nature pretty much is my religion, you know, like, um, it's like, I see the sacred in nature, mm, you know, beautiful. Um, all the fractal patterns yeah. and everything like, yeah, like I, every time I go out there, I, I see the sacred and, and feel it. Um, and so, yeah. I remember one time I was in a crazy trip and, and I, I was meditating actually, I wasn't high, but I had this kind of visual experience and. I, I, nature was described to me as relentless intelligence. It's uh, it was a really cool way of looking at it, and like because you're talking about these fractal patterns, like it's just an un, it's the unstoppable consciousness of all things, and you know we are a fractal of that, and everything we observe is a fractal of that. Obser maybe our observation itself is is a, obviously like an integral part of that too. I mean, you can get lost in the in the nuance, but I. Uh, you're ki I mean, you're kind of like awakening something in me. There's this kind of, I don't want to say shamanistic, but like this, this just a, just a kind of like a, like, a, like what else really is there to be grateful for, but nature itself, 
like nature and gratitude seem intrinsically connected and it doesn't seem obvious when you say it but like we are nature we we live in nature we have b- suffered by disrespecting nature directly you know yeah. like we can't hold that higher vibration unless we do what you're saying you're doing mm-hmm. so it's I, i i feel like i'm going to adopt that a little bit now that i've talked to you I'll tell y'all one more quick thing that spirit kind of advised me of is that, and this was some really deep stuff, but it basically said that the the meaning of Jesus Christ's crucifixion has been intentionally concealed from the world. Basically, what it was explained to me is that, look, really what Jesus Christ's crucifixion marked a turning point where man started to for real turn away from nature, right? Like people have started civilizations kind of prior to that, but like his death marked a a removal from nature and a removal from spirit, um, you know, from man. And that the same people who crucified him kind of had a, a try to cover it up and made the Bible on how, you know, basically how we treat other people. But really you're not able to treat other people till you love yourself. Right. So And the only way, I don't say only, but like the primary way to connect with self-love is through nature and to commune with nature. Um, and so it was a pretty deep insight. But then he went, they, it, Spirit went on to say that like modern medicine really ha- is involved in it too because they kind of see nature as this outside force mm-hmm. and that man can tame it and make it better and, and all this when really nature is, is perfect in itself. Um, in that, you know, basically, as y'all are aware, you know, when we put our will into it, it gets messed up, you know, and that's, we're kind of coming to a head on all that with the environment, mm-hmm. people's disconnection with spirit. And I think people are starting to realize that, you know, we went wrong somewhere down, you know, somewhere back in the road, like we, we kind of took a wrong turn here. And we need to start veering back towards, you know, where we need to be in connection with spirit, connection with self-love, the source, um, you know. And that's what our website logo is, you know, connect with sacred, uh, connect with spirit, connect with source, connect with self-love. Because those are kind of the four essentials, um, you know, we feel, uh, you know, engaging with the plant medicine, what you're going to get and what's kind of going to help people, you know, live their best and highest self. Amen. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, man. Greg, we got to wrap this up, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. dude, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on again. Yeah, dude. I tell you what, we'll shoot for after I launch. Uh, I'll come back on anytime. And, uh, I'll have some more stuff to share, and um, yeah, we'll just plan for then. If if something super profound happens in the interim, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> I, I might come back on. You have an open uh, invitation. Yeah. yeah, man. It's yeah, always man. a pleasure, honestly. Like yeah. you're 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 living a fascinating life and doing some really cool work, but you're also very just fun to talk to. So, yeah. so we, we would I'm going to write a book one day eventually on all this. Um, you know, my, my whole story of my life and how everything shook out. It's just like, it's sometimes it's even crazy for me to think about it, but one day I'm going to, and that might actually be a difficult book for me to write, but one day I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and do it um, and just share my story with the world. Nice. I'm sure it won't be easy, but I'm sure I'll read it front yeah. to back, and I'm sure yeah. it's going to help a lot of yeah. people. I actually just bought your your first book, the the psilocybin. Oh, okay, book. yeah, yeah, man. Um, so I'm going to burn you know, through that Real one. quick, I met a lawyer. I was at a ceremony in uh, Virginia a couple weeks ago. A girl that I did a church for actually flew me up 
uh, for a weekend ceremony in the Shenandoah mountains. And, uh, amazing. I met a really cool lawyer, man. Like he's like very mindful. Like he does meditation and yoga with his clients. <laughs> uh, he's a personal injury lawyer. Uh, but he also, That's he bought like 20, 30 copies of my books to hand out to his clients. Oh, oh wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. That must've been humbling as all fuck. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, look, you know, like I say, dude, there's a lot of extremely good, talented people uh, in this space. And, uh, you know, we're going to utilize all our resources. That's it. And let's keep the movement going with all of our work, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, listeners and whatever we're doing, whatever you're doing, it's all helping. So yep. no matter how big or small, it's all part of the movement. That's right. All right, brother. Beautiful. All right, man. Thank you all. And uh, I'll be in contact. Anytime. Take, Take care. care, brother. All right. Much love. Peace, man. Stay curious. Yes. And go check episode 46 when he came on the first time. That man is a genius. <laughs>